Hello, hello everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the fantastic, wondrous, I understood that reference, movie podcast with me and Rob. Rob, how are you, friend? Hello, Ross, how are you getting on? Yes, gang, we're back. Can you believe it? You thought we were gone. You thought you got rid of us. No chance <laughs> of that. No, I hope, hope you didn't get your I hope you didn't get your hopes up because consider them dashed. I was about to say the word <laughs> dashed as once say your hopes and prayers have been dashed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you'll forgive us, Ross and I needed a little bit of a sabbatical. Well, actually, the irony was is that uh, we, we it's not like we were taking time away from everything. We just didn't have enough bandwidth in our own lives to keep on top of everything. A few things went to the wayside for the two of us over the last little while. But it's good to be back in the saddle. Don't have many saddles with microphones, but that's how my current setup is. Actually, my cushion situation, because, you know, I'm 30 plus now and, you know, I got to look after my coccyx. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. My, my, mine are broken long ago, but yeah. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> got a special cushion, which is saddle-esque. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of like a, like a U-shape. It takes the pressure off the lower back and redirects it into the sort of the legs and, 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 and the buttocks. It's... Um, does a great job. How did I get to this? How am I talking I, about this? I don't. I don't know. Probably about the hopes and dreams being dashed, and now you can see why. We, <laughs> yeah. we, we have, to be fair, we have been both being crazy, crazy busy. I think, uh, as as my friend Darren called me the other day, he called me Mister Concert Twenty Twenty Three because <laughs> I have just every single gig that I've ever had to attend in my life for some reason seems to have all fallen within the last two and a half weeks. And if it's not a gig, it's a stag or a wedding or an occasion or whatever. It's just been outlandishly crazy. Or a holiday oh, yeah. away somewhere. Same as yourself. Like, there's just been so much on that it was like, you know what? It was easier just to be like, let's just take a break for a while rather than try to squeeze a, a, a tremendously subpar episode in, in the middle oh, of Oh, my over. God. We would have been just yeah. two miserable old pricks talking into microphones. <laughs> I mean, like, like like every other episode, you mean. Yeah, but yeah. speaking of, speaking of miserable pricks, Rob, and I, you know Oh, what? I love oh. the sound of this segue. Oh, Don't my you? word. So usually... For anybody who listens to this podcast, they probably think that Rob, Rob's the more, I would say, upbeat and happy-go-lucky guy. You know, he's he's a bit loosey-goosey about stuff and all that. Oh, that's yeah, well, that's that yeah. part's definitely true. The loosey-goosey part. And usually, I am pretty, I'm pretty negative about a lot of modern films. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm a I'm a very cynical old man, and it takes quite a lot to impress me. But it it delights me to say that in this episode. We are going to be talking about, obviously, just look, we're going to have a very free-form, random discussion about some of the films we've seen and maybe some news that, you know, caught our eye or our ear while we were gone. But one film in particular that we're going to Mm. talk about today, Mm. I am so flowing with positivity. I'm excreting positivity from every literal orifice. Oh, my word. My saddle is soaking under me here because I'm <laughs> excreting so much positivity. Oh, Lord, bless us and save us. Keep going. I'm, the descriptions are so visceral. I'm enjoying them. It's going to be one of those days. You know what? So let's just let's just kick it off and let's, let's just talk about this this film, Rob. We both know what it is. Mm. I remember the night you texted me that you watched it. But for, for the listener who doesn't know yet maybe our thoughts on it, we're we're gonna, we're gonna talk about a, a little a little film you may have missed it little, little indie flick little yeah little little indie side flick it was in the film cinema for a side flick maybe a side flick a for s- your side chick <laughs> <laughs> Top Gun Maverick everybody <laughs> Woo! oh boom. 
boom. Talk to me, Goose. What an extraordinary achievement. Um, in, in Amongst the riff-raff of, and the tack in modern cin- cinema, uh, against the onslaught of sequels and your franchises and, you know, the, you know, the dominance of the superhero landscape. Isn't it so refreshing that a movie comes out, this action, this old-school-style action blockbuster that is unapologetically, like, 80s nostalgia, comes out, rips your pants off in the cinema, and throws them at your face. It's unbelievable stuff! It's I... like, all, all of Hollywood was like, look up there, is it a bird? Is it a plane? It's like, no, it's a giant middle finger flying around all of Hollywood, just like <laughs> running up to its face and like screaming in its windows and everything. Just such as unapologetic fantasticness. It's mm. like the last few years of cinema have drained us all so much of just pure any kind of like pure cinematic joy that we mm. just we just have we're like husks we're these empty husks just looking forward to I don't know oh look it's it's freaking what's his name in in, in, in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is that good I don't know I, I people are clapping I guess I'm happy it's a thing a thing has happened a random yeah. out of context thing I guess that means it's good yeah so that's it that's all I need right well after so much of that you go in and you see Top Gun Maverick and your expectations are so low in the ground because of, of all the Ghostbusters lately, Ghostbusters Afterlife and Doctor Strange and all the, the, the ridiculous sequels and stuff. And this thing just blows the freaking pants off you. It's just, it's so good. It's so good. I think it's like, is it amazing? You you didn't realize your hunger for a movie like that needed to be satiated because it would it kind of you because we'd fallen into the dregs of it was so easy because uh, f- filmmaking has gotten I, this sounds critical of like the, a lot of the craft that goes into it I just think the general direction it's it's so commercial now that the decisions are made to to drive box office numbers whereas you kind of then your 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 appetite is kind of skewed you kind of like you nearly don't know what to expect in a good movie these days because certainly from the big budget ones they're the real sort of substance is sort of few and far between it's remarkable then that a movie reminds you of this is what it can be this is actually how things should be done we're making this for your enjoyment not to just sell a load of toys or for it to just be this lazy like sort of callback sequence of callbacks to previous characters or just a chock full of references wait this does have references but it doesn't build an entire film around them they just happen to be in there as part of the experience which is the difference my god it's incredible the movie's doing very well actually it's a rare breed of one of those critical and commercial successes just across the board like film critics love it People love it. Like, it's getting the older generations back into the cinema because they've been so disgruntled with the amount of Disney... Like, just the amount of Disney muck that's it, that's out at the moment. Not all of it's bad, but there's so much bad amongst the good that it's it's brought them back. They're enjoying it. Young kids are enjoying being introduced to the Top Gun side of things. And, like, it's making a load of money. It's it, This is crazy to me. It's, made, it's currently still making it's i think last weekend it was the still the still the second biggest movie of the weekend even though it's been out for over a month that's unheard of the drop off like when when a movie comes out like think of like an avengers or something it makes the vast majority of its box office earnings like in that first weekend and that week and then there's like a 67 percent drop off for most blockbusters in terms of they only get you know 30 percent the return in comparison to the previous weekend this movie has only been dropping like 30 or 40 percent week on week so it keeps making money it's now 1.1 billion dollars worldwide this is tom cruise's 
biggest movie ever, which is actually kind of hard to believe that he's never crossed the billion mark before. Is this his biggest movie ever? Yes. Isn't that crazy? That's tremendous. There's a line. So so we we were talking very, very general here and we are going to get specific, but I want to start off this, 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 this whole discussion and it highlights exactly what we're talking about right here. And the fact that it's like Tom Cruise has made so much money with this and that you said he's never made over a billion with a film. Is that right? Yeah. No movie he has ever started. I think his, his highest grossing one is the most recent Mission Impossible. And that was, that wasn't, that was just shy of 800 million. Because he doesn't well, really do the big franchise ones that typically cross, like the Lord of the Rings or the Harry Potters or, of course, the Marvel stuff. True. Like, he's not in those. So they're the ones that are, by, by far away, dominate the billion-plus group. Well, how apt, then, is it? How apt is it that in this movie... Because there is, there is deepness and depth to this film. There's a line where Ed Harris, towards the start of the film, is talking about how the kind of the age of a, of a person you know like maverick and there is yeah. that there is that clear you know it is almost tom cruise he's talking about when he says this that the age of that kind of because i believe that tom cruise i believe that tom cruise is the last great movie star i'm not saying he's the last great actor but i am saying he's the last great movie star as in this like actual like void he just like sucks in all the emit like all the the screen in the room just goes to him all the eyes in the room he's just he's a movie star he's an old-fashioned larger than life movie star but ed harris says to him to start you know oh your 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 type will be your type will be gone soon maverick your type will be gone one day you you're you'll all be gone and your stuff is gone Mm. and and maverick turns him and says but not today yeah just it's so like this is Tom Cruise reminding people why he is who he is and why he can do something that no other actor in, in the universe right now can do. And that's to have such an unrelenting screen presence and an unrelenting uh, ability and devotion to his craft that just catches everybody else in its orbit and makes them do things they wouldn't normally do. And everything is stronger for it. The amount, isn't it crazy, the star power he has? Like, do you not feel, like, when he first entered, and you know, like, has these incredible, like, teasing shots of, like, a guy going to grab an old uh, aviator jacket, and he puts, and he grabs the shades, <laughs> has to, like, I, like, honestly, you could feel the, the, the aisles in the cinema were trembling with, with the jitters of people revving up to his reveal. Like, he has such presence when he's on the screen. It's, it's remarkable. And, like, it kind of goes back to like his commitment to making it like a proper experience not like obviously he's under pressure like he's a producer on these as well he's under pressure for them to make their money back yes but for him he wants to be known as providing these amazing movie going experiences that's his goal not yep you can because you can tell in the product like you know when you think about how he made headlines (laughs) remember he made headlines filming last year when he was filming Mission Impossible, and yep. somebody got COVID because they broke the rules, and he and he freaked out. He's like, "We're supposed to be the gold fucking standard," and I'm I back him on that. A hundred, a hundred percent. I don't get why people were like, "Oh, Tom Cruise is really angry at these guys." Yeah, this is Hollywood. That was their first big film back after COVID. They had to set the gold standard. The yeah. entire industry was relying on them. Yeah, 
and that's and that's the point. And he and he did it. He's proven that in a post-COVID world, you can make a movie that's not a sequel or a superhero movie. Well, it's tech. It's a sequel, but like from thirty-six years ago. Like so and much in the, the loosest, the loosest sense of the word, is it a sequel? You oh know, I mean, God. like it's 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 like here's the, the weirdest thing is. I, I think the original Top Gun is overrated. Like, it's... Like, whatever. For the time, it's one of those... The only reason... Yeah, people remember it fondly because of the nostalgia, not because of it's... Course. It's, you know, this this A-grade, like, inc- extraordinary, moving cinematic experience. It's just a really good... It's a fun time, is, is what I would put it down to. Like, and there's fun moments in it. Um, so we're, but, we're, yeah. we're always talking about Mission Impossible Fallout, and we're always mentioning that scene where, like... Tom Cruise jumps out the back of the plane and the camera follows him or later on he's flying a helicopter or he looks like he's climbing up the helicopter at one point and he's actually doing it. I, I feel like most of Mission or most of Top Gun Maverick is is literally that one scene where he jumps out the back of the plane but made to be a whole entire <laughs> film. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's absolutely unbelievable. This is one of these movies where, you know, there's often like, I think that this is an Oscar content. You know, like if we think about movies that deserve to be rewarded, like from an award cinema, just because cinematography. of cinematography, because of what cinematography, the, the visual like, effects, the, which visual effects doesn't mean doesn't have to be computer generated. Like it's the, it's how you capture the effects of it. They did them for real. That has to be the most impressive visual effects you can possibly do. You know, there's also a claim here, going back to the, your air, your point about the aerial stuff, there's often been a talk about how do you recognise stunt work and stuntmen and, and that kind of performance. Huh. This is the biggest talk about if there's ever a case for it, it's this movie. I mean, we might as well dive into the good stuff specifically, but I think this, to sort of summarise the, the high-level stuff, it's his biggest, one of his best movies, certainly, which is crazy because he's been... And also, he's clearly found his groove. He's oh, now realised, he knows... This is the area in sort of movie making where I live. These incredibly ambitious, finely tuned, expertly executed action blockbusters that you need to be in a cinema to watch. That's like, an, an, and I will do the stunts for real to get you there. That's, he knows what he's doing now. And he's like, forget all the drama stuff. I like, I'm not chasing any awards. I'm making, I'm just out here to make movies good for people the craft the, cr- the, cra- the craft is entertainment his craft yeah. is entertainment 100 percent. and what did we get with our craft we get sweaty tans and pulsating abs this is this is 80s nostalgia <laughs> baby this is <laughs> so unbelievable stuff we might as well start with the, the obvious stuff do you want we dive into the the the, the nitty-gritty let's do it well well there's one thing there's one thing i because i purely because i think it's easily easily the film's greatest strength and that that is just ju- it's just how everything looks like it sounds weird to say that but everything is real like yeah. my heart <laughs> for most of the film was thumping loudly in my chest because i i, I was almost I-, I could barely distinguish between what i was doing and what was happening in this in the actual film itself oh, it was the, unbelievable. The, the, the shots the way everything is filmed, the, the the realism, the lengths they went for shots to be realistic, the fact that they basically—I was looking at a, a behind-the-scenes interview with them, with Miles Teller, and he said oh, yeah. the crazy thing is, is that we basically flew up, and we had to get every single line right, because that was the one time we had it. We had to then, if we got it wrong, we couldn't look it back while we're up there, so we had to land the planes, Review then look everything. back, review everything, and if we wanted to go back, we had to. So there's there's parts where. Miles Teller, when the jet, the jet goes upside down, 
that uh, he actually falls his because his straps weren't in tight enough. He actually falls and his head hits the cockpit, and it's all real. None of that was none of it scripted. He had to keep on with his lines and keep trying to say his lines as it's happening. And the same thing with Tom Cruise at the start. Tom Cruise flies over Ed Harris. The roof of the building beside him actually knocks off the the, the building because he flies back past him so fast and so low. Again, not scripted. It just happened. For most of these shots, essentially it was, we have to do in this one shot. And because of that, it adds this gritty realism. And this like, there's no kind of, everything looks perfect and beautiful, but it looks that way because it's real. Not because there's, okay, let's make a scene of the Illuminati standing in front of Thanos and or Doctor Strange and every single every single centimetre on the frame is CGI'd, you know, they're not standing there, they're probably not even beside each other, and like, one of them lifts their hand or whatever, and a big computer-generated thing takes over, it's the, it's the exact opposite of that, yeah. everything is so visceral, and physical, and feels real. And I, I love, I think it's because the imperfections sell the realism, mm, so mm. like, because your brain is so finely tuned to recognizing that's that's too good looking or too polished or too pristine to be real life so i i know that it isn't whereas things like the the the, the dust and wind sort of the, you know the you know the wind flows that come out when the when the, that mac 10 oh. jet blazes overhead oh. and like even the beside the behind the scenes thing you it, it knocks over the cameras and, and like yeah to your point it takes the roof of a building that wasn't planned because of the ferocity of the stunt and everything i mean we could start there Right off the bat, the way they start the movie, that Mac 10 sequence, the chills I had watching that. It's not only so it's it's not only just a great reintroduction of him as a bit of a rogue agent and as you know he's a literal maverick if if you'll forgive me. Um, oh. But just it sets the scene around you know his the symbolism for his kind of stance and authority. Ed Harris is just trying to stop him. And he just brazenly <laughs> jets only a few meters overhead, the guy. And then, of course, he has to push it to beyond Mach 10. But there's shots in there where he's in, like, the upper atmosphere. And this thing is blitzing around in this wide, like, arc. And I, I remember I was just in awe. Stunning it looked. And obviously, that's probably probably most of the CG we get in the whole film. Because that, that particular jet was just... that that They weren't obviously really doing that and capturing it. But it's just gorgeous to look at and what a fun introduction for the character because it, there's even a, like a little bit of like a self-aware Tom Cruise joke where he lands into a he crashes the plane obviously spoilers the test the test plane la- walks into the bar and says where am I and this little kid goes planet earth because yes. <laughs> Tom Cruise is obviously he's 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 superhuman like it's like he's not from around here because of what he's capable of doing but like as an intro yeah, and that's about to say. Talk about setting the tone of a film just perfectly. You know exactly what you're going to get from this film. It's going to be outrageous. But I actually think the film then does a really good job of grounding it all and not making it like ridiculously outlandish or anything like that. Like, you know, mm. I love all the Mission Impossible films. Well, especially the last few. Don't get me wrong. But you can admit they're, they're outlandish in some of the things that are happening. But this oh, film. Bonkers. Yeah. But this film's almost opposite of that. This film's almost like works hard at being ultra-realistic in the flying mechanics. So I like that. Oh yeah, 100%. It's, it's, it's very, very impressive stuff. It's just a great intro. This is, this is, this, this, this sets it on, as a reminder, this guy does what he wants because he's an absolute adrenaline junkie and he likes to test the limits and he's got that need for speed. 
but yeah, and then of course the rest of the combat is unlike anything I've ever seen. Like just even in general, just the action is so like it's amazing the tension that there is even when they're just doing training sessions because that's a hard thing to pull off. They're 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 building it up towards this one mission, and <laughs> this this and this this very ambiguous enemy. Well, we all know who it probably is supposed to be. This rogue state. I mean, and, it doesn't mention it. It doesn't say it. It could be anybody. It's, it could uh, just be the rogue nation. Oh, uh, imagine if this was a crossover. He's the same person. He is Ethan <laughs> Hunt and Pete Maverick. So, <laughs> I remember there's comparisons, though, to, like, to the mission. It's basically just like, this is just the trench run from A New Hope. Is basically... <laughs> that's, it, that's where, they, that's where yeah. they got inspiration for the mission. But like they yeah. had to go up with something... Like They had to do... They did their best to sell, here's a mission that can only be pulled off by manned fighter pilots like you know manned fighter jets this is you need people in there we need to do this ridiculous mission it's like a one in a million shot it's actually helpful because they re-emphasize so much i remember watching this video once about spielberg talked about the importance of geography in movies so that the audience is aware of where things are so they don't get confused by doing all the training sessions and by kind of trying to explain to us how the you know not too unsubtly how the mechanics of planes work and why we're trying to avoid it it means you have a really, really good understanding of what the mission is supposed to be when they finally do it. I think we've talked. I feel like we talked about this before about setting the rules, so then you understand yes. it later on. Yes, it's it's like setting up your anticipation, so that you, if something does go wrong, you know why that's bad. Yeah, John like John, the- John John Carpenter when he made the thing, has real emphasis on making you understand the mechanics of the monster so that when the horror is happening later on you're afraid because you know what the monster can do and how it can hide so that's Mm. what builds up the tension within you and that's what this film did fantastically the first half and first half of the film beats into your head what should be happening what the time they have to meet why the the, the, the planes need to go upside down at what point what they have to do after they go upside down so that at every single point you know where they are meant to be on this journey so yeah. that then if something does go wrong you firstly you're anticipating it going wrong and secondly if it does go wrong you know what it is that's gone wrong and because of that that's where the tension lies that you're, you're you know now you're clued in you're as clued in as they are it's not like the death star run that you said exactly there that like it comes in at the end of the film we're given no real explanation as to oh is, is this the trench really dangerous or is it really d- difficult to get there mm. instead the whole fil- the first half of the film is built up to be just like this is impossible this is what we have to do it almost can't physically be done in the training sessions let alone the real actual mission it's uh it's just so good and the tension because of that is is fever pitched so high that when the actual mission itself starts that i could feel the whole cinema just like go silent in and itself as everyone was afraid to look anywhere else but on the screen oh so it's un it's incredible. I don't like because it's so tense because of how specific and how perfect they have to get the mission. When they're getting it wrong in the training, even that's stressful because it leads to yeah. risky maneuvers and things go wrong in training. Like there's a bird strike or someone passes out, and and like going back to like the actors have to go up and really like they're they're constantly going up in like naval aircraft all the time, and they're like the, the you know that you know you can see them barely holding on to consciousness that's yeah, happening yeah. for real it's amazing that they have to act through that and try and capture the best moments of you know what kind of sells the strain but also like not that they look like they're completely out of control or like completely unconscious but 
we're kind of holding our breath further because of the, the tension and the heavy breathing and even from, but from the get-go obviously the tension is there but also then they just have a lot of fun with the training as well the intro mm-hmm. to like flight school where they put you know they he, he bets like let's let's put a bet on oh. let's see you know it's 100 push-ups if we shoot you down first basically and it talk about this is what they use i think to advertise the movie to the in like other movies for the trailers it's just tom cruise starts this montage of training by just like firing between a narrow gap between two of the of the other pilots i just kind of completely send them into disarray and then it's like this amazing 10 minutes of him just outmaneuvering them constantly and he's it's always two versus one but he's just it really sets the because they say a really cheesy line in it like and it's delivered in the most cheesy unsympathetic manner just like we're the best there is who's gonna teach us (laughs) <laughs> when they do the roll call it's actually like it's funny like how precision how precise the movie is from like a, an action standpoint but then they're they're all they don't mind being sort of a bit smulchy with like oh we're in a bar and like look at oh, us all yeah. showed up oh, in our yeah. uniforms it's like hey hangman hey cyclone hey we've got all these cool code names and then rooster shows up and he's in a fucking he's like oh you need to pay attention to this character because he's showing up in a fucking hawaiian open oh, shirt yeah. and sunglasses <laughs> and a cocktail stick in his mouth like he you need to pay attention this guy's a different guy <laughs> so, yeah it, it's, it's that unashamedly simple little little Hollywood tricks that you're like yeah. you know what I mean this is basically a, a cheeky a cheeky bit of a, of a guy walking I wonder why is it because he's like you said and he goes over and plays the piano and uh, yeah, he's jumping around him you're like, oh, like come on come but, on like. but then you see the movie salvages you think oh it's just kind of it's just doing a little bit of sort of it's reminiscing and trying to go for some cheap nostalgia but then no because then it pivots there's a bit of an emotional core to this then Tom Aww. Cruise sees Rooster who's Goose's son in case people hadn't identified the delineation there but he's he, he recognizes him and he has a whole like real moment of like and then there's this lovely through current of every night again when he's having a quiet moment himself Tom Cruise goes talk to me Goose like he's still which I was, I love. Kev kept laughing at it in the cinema, but <laughs> every time oh, he I said it, it was fantastic. I just, it was this lovely kind of like it still haunts him. So and he's so protective of this young guy that every time he sees him and he realizes he's now been drafted in for this mission, he has this profound like, virtually like he has a panic attack and he passes out. And uh, Jennifer Connelly comes out and she's like, "What's going on?" And you're all right. And he's like, "Oh my god, I'm I'm Maverick, but I have to look after this guy. Oh my god, what am I gonna do?" And then the training and, and- begins. And, and because like the character you know it's still the same maverick but he's and i like that it's not like you know you watch you watch the last jedi and you know luke skywalker is just this embittered old fart and he's like not even, <laughs> even remotely close to luke skywalker this is still maverick he has all maverick's recognizable character traits mm. but of course he has matured a little bit he's grown up in some ways so he has maybe like a, an instinct to look out for this guy so it's like it's smart in how it handles the characters that they remain true to their character but they have moved on like like it's not just that he's this remorseless asshole or he's yeah. just like this bitter old character who's completely changed or anything it is still recognizably him but yeah. he obviously has enough changes and growth in his character that I do feel like he's different you know that he likes his own patch of land that he likes in a way being by himself because he's a bit you know he's a bit strange and he does things on his own way and all that mm. but then he looks out for others so he is like a bit of a, a kind of father figure to others and he tries his best for others without being arrogant or whatever so like there's mm. loads of little nice character changes but not to absolutely destroy any sense of character that he had from the original or whatever like it's yeah. just I, and i feel like there's a lot of even the whole 
Now I know there is a bit of like obviously not some not so nice things about it. Like they didn't uh, ask the original actress his original love interest. Yeah, back, which is a bit like. <sighs> but yeah, yeah. But at least Jennifer Connelly does give it a bit of eighties kind of cred as well. She's, she's good. She's good. She's good. Man. Yeah, she's good. And actually, they have a really nice. They have a nice. They, they're when they're together. That's a nice break. Like you need to, you need to take a breath from like holding your breath. All, all the, the tension from all the training and everything. You you need that reprieve when they're kind of together. And they're nice and there's some really fun character moments. And because, to your point, like, Maverick has matured in a realistic way. Like, or, and evolved. Like, he hasn't gone... He's not, like, still this absolute ace. He's the most successful guy in the world. He's still kind of in a bit of a rut, if anything, but still a good person. Because, um, you know, he should be, like, Vice Admiral or whatever now is what Ara says. Yeah. But when he's with her, there's nice, like, they go on a few dates. There's even a bit where... There's a really nice touch where she takes him sailing... And yes. he really struggles with it because he's not good at sea. Like he's only good in the air, and he kind of he's like, I do, "How do I move this? I don't know what I'm doing." And like it's, which is kind of. I remember thinking, "Wow, Tom Cruise acting like he's not good at something is hilarious." Because that's obviously <laughs> that, <laughs> the best acting he's ever done in his life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wow, <laughs> profound stuff. He could probably get under the boat, put it on his back, and just like sail the boat home himself. Like you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but that was really endearing, wasn't it? Like, and yeah. she's that was her domain then, where he has the sky, she had that. So it was kind of cool. And she she didn't have a huge role in the film, but she had enough that warranted her being an important character and giving yeah, him a little bit of uh, an a anchor. heart and a center yeah. and an anchor. Exactly. Mm. I liked it. And I like the cast were good overall. I thought like they're pretty really? pretty nailed on. Like they had Miles Teller who was good, Jeff Connelly, John Hamm was good at barking orders. Your man, yeah. Glenn Powell. As um, Hangman, I thought was the, the new Iceman, basically. Yes, he was so cool. Like, because he's obviously an asshole, but he was a really likable asshole. Like. <laughs> yeah. God, he was some prick. But you need that person in the movie. There's like, oh. I was like, when he introduces her, I was like, ah, oh, this is that guy. This is this is this guy. Okay. okay. And and what? I, and again, not to spoil it, but he he he, he gets his nice redemptive he's not actually a complete asshole moment yeah well before the end of the film so that then when he does another thing that's a bit of a nicer less of an asshole move it's not just like they kind of had to do that at the end of the movie he actually has an arc that you're like okay i get this guy now you know i I understand him i I get that he's you know a military guy and he's all has to be the best of the best thing he puts on but then when it comes down to it even before they go on the mission he's He's able to be kind of sound. Yeah, what was that moment? What was that defining moment that happens again? Could, could, so basically, towards the end of the film, he, uh, Maverick has to pick a team to go with him. And he can only pick like four other pilots. Oh and yeah, and yeah. he doesn't pick that guy. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the what, Hangman. 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 He doesn't pick Hangman. So you think like Hangman could be an asshole, and that's it. That would be him until the end. Maybe comes back in and redeems himself, but he doesn't. It's when. Goose's son is walking to his uh, airplane. Hangman goes up to him and says, "Good luck out there," or something like that. Like you know what I mean? I actually, it's like, oh, okay, this guy's ba- not an asshole. He, yeah, yeah, he knows the seriousness of the mission they're about to go on, so he's not going to walk up and say something like, "You're not good enough for this mission." You know, it's actually he's actually just kind of cool about it. Yeah. And then when he does another thing later on that's cool, you're like, okay, that's perfect. I've informed myself of this character now. You know, I, I actually, I loved it. And of course, it has the kind of the op- I won't say opposite, but the kind of legacy to that where Val Kilmer gets a really, well, I'll say a really dignified role in this film and it treats oh, li- it with oh, seriousness so and it's just, wow. Nice. It's so nice. Because I was like, how are they going to, because they initially, 
Because in real life, obviously, Val Kilmer suffers from suffered from throat cancer. He's he's survived yeah. it, but he can't speak anymore. Like he's got yeah. a, he's got he's got a dictaphone or whatever. Poor guy. Um, poor fella. But like apparently, they insisted on bringing him back because it would be the same with at least having him in the the movie in a small part. I just I just I again, it's kind of it's interesting the lengths they went through to like get Iceman oh. in, but then they couldn't bring your one back. It's a bit kind of yeah, it's a bit yeah, yeah. It's, it it's hard ref- not to it's hard not to talk about it. It's hard not to bring it up in some ways. What I will say, but yeah. look, what they did do, like the moment, so basically, Goose, like Iceman's just texting Maverick the whole time, and then he's like, "I need to see you in person." You're like, oh, and like honestly, there were literal gasps when they people saw him on screen, looking pretty well, like all things considered. Yep. And people were just like, there was a really nice. You could see people were loving that they were having a really touching moment where they're just kind of, they were kind of ribbing each other, but then it got serious and. Yeah. You know, Maverick was just like, I can't do this, I'm not good enough. And then he's like, no, you're the only one who can do this. And and Tom Cruise is really, he's really, like, tearing up. Like, I, th- yeah, I don't know, very, maybe it was actually having them across from him, but it was really yeah. very emotional. genuine. Yeah, it was really, it was, it, was, it was very, like, they did a really good job of, and it was just kind of like, you know, as a kind of reminder of, like, you know, a lot of these people have aged and they've kind of moved back again. It's like, it was, it's a movie that's like, kind of likes to wear a bit of a badge of like look we're not afraid to admit that you know people have kind of changed in age yeah. and things like look at Val well you can't highlight that too much because you completely abandoned Kelly McGillis like it's a bit of a weird yeah yeah I do I do agree contradiction like, like the only the only person basically didn't bring back I'm like you know guys you, you did hurt yourselves there is is what I will say you yeah, definitely a, hurt yourselves there I thought it was but, interesting that they killed him off when he didn't die, when he is when he isn't dead in real life, I thought that was a bit dark. But maybe, like I don't know if it was needed. I still think it was it added to the weight of everything. I understand yeah, why I, they did it. I just I don't guess know if it needed it. It gave them another opportunity to be very respectful to him because they didn't just say like, you know, he's gone. You'd actually show you uh, uh, like a whole the funeral. And it's very respectful. It is. I think mm. it was a way. It was a way, way for them to kind of show more respect as well. I, I don't know. I yeah. I, I know where you're coming mm. from. But I guess it was that way to really kind of make Tom Cruise maybe feel like his lowest ebb or he's alone there. Yeah, yeah. And, and what I will say as well is that the film is like, like punctuates itself perfectly with just the right kind of scenes at the right kind of time. Because mm. there is a scene about halfway through the film when after so much trains going on, you're like, okay, okay. Where it's like all of a sudden they're like, well, you're, you're, not, you're not leading this mission anymore. You're out and all that. And, and he does it. He has to do the mission. He has to do the training mission himself to show them that it can be done in time and it's just that gets your that because the adrenaline pumps so much then you're kept going with that adrenaline behind you till the actual mission then when the mission kicks off the whole hour after that is just pure adrenaline so no, it is it's it punctuated mental. very it's well mental. Like. it's isn't it amazing how you it kind of it, it, there's like an exciting intro with the with the Mac 10 and then and then it kind of levels for a second then it goes even more mental with like this incredible intro to Maverick with the training montage and then yeah. there's a few there's a bit of a fracas when you know the, the, the pilots clash a bit and then they do some more training and then there's this incredible it also really sells his skill and his genius like there's a bit yeah. where a pilot passes out so to oh. wake him to snap him out of consciousness he keeps like targeting his plane so that the the, it the beeps, man's beeps are going off. Beep, he's going to wake him oh. up. And it keeps building these really tight, like really well thought out action sequences till it gets to the point of him having to commandeer a plane without asking and doing the, the trench run, essentially, the mission. And it's just, I love how they teed it up. It's like, okay, you're like, oh my God, how is he going to maverick his way out of this? <laughs> they're, they're, they're in the room. Like, okay, so we're extending your time to like three and a half minutes. That's more than enough time. You can stay above this 
speed or whatever. You don't have to do whatever he was saying. And then he then just like the beep of his plane coming into the this really sophisticated <laughs> tracking system, whatever it is, with all the An 3D. unbelievably sophisticated yeah. tracking system. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. That might exist. I don't know. Yeah, it probably does. Uh, it was unbelievable. Like to your point, and then like just the, the him gritting his teeth behind the mask and taking those really harsh turns and like the aerial stunts are unbelievable there's a bit like we might as well get to the main mission which is so oh my god the tension is unbelievable like oh. I, I don't know about you but I was I was on the edge of my seat for about half an hour because I didn't know how it was going to play out I was like someone's going to die because that's how these movies work someone's yes, going to go yes ex- exact and the way it's all leaning towards is that that's going to be Maverick because yeah. obviously he's had his last hurrah, his his age is done. You know, there's like a few moments beforehand when he he's going on the aircraft carrier up an elevator with two jets behind him, silhouetted by the the the, oh. the evening the evening sun. And it's I'm like, a- well, that's, this is he's gonna die out. Obviously, yeah, that's, yeah. that's him done. Like, this is his twilight. That's what's happening. Exactly. Guys. Oh, Jesus. The foreshadowing. Oh, that shot, though. Jesus. <laughs> it's actually it's an oh. astonishingly good looking movie because you'd think it'd be chaotic because they're filming. At high speed and everything, but everything is very deliberate. And oh my goodness gracious me! And like they, t- and at your point, like they give us the rules of the mission, but then they keep reminding us of like goose tends to freeze in these pressure yes. situations. So we like you're kind of prepared, like like Maverick's gonna have to shepherd him through this mission, and will probably have to sacrifice himself for which he kind of which him. he does, but he survives. It's that oh man, the aerial work is unbelievable. They're flying under bridges. It's really and, and there's yeah, just that moment where they like, they barrel roll upside down and Miles Setter hits oh. his helmet off the, that. But then when they commandeer, of course, then like you think all is said and done, they do the mission, and you think first of all, Maverick's plane gets knocked out of the sky with this incredible stunt where like he pulls out in front of him and kind of hangs backwards <laughs> in slow motion and sets off these flares and you're like this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen but his plane takes the hit but obviously he manages to eject in time then he's about to get mowed down he gets saved by Goose what do they do? they have to steal a bloody they bring back an F-14 they somehow work it uh, back into work the it into the yeah in, in a, uh, it's funny it's like this this rogue state with these, these next generation <laughs> fighters yeah and in a hangar there's an F-14 <laughs> Like, they've got way better technology than us. You're the United States of America, and you're telling me this rogue state has better tech than you do. Anyway, look, that's a that's real that's real nitpicking. But, man, the combat sequence between Maverick and those two planes is... Because at the very end, it's like, they're basically... They're running on empty. Yeah. It's just, it's just Maverick uh, and... Rooster. Rooster in the plane. And it's like, this is it. Now, we're almost home. We're almost... And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, no... We've got two, got two things on radar, and it's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I look around, look around, and like the the plane is half done, they're half beaten at this stage, like they're half shot and everything, and all of a sudden you're like, the only way we're getting back is if we take these two planes on. (laughs) What? And then at one point in the dogfight, they've run out of missiles, so all they have is the guns to go. Oh, it's just, and like because the other way they're like they're doing the hand signals and they're flanked by these two. That these they look like guy like they're, they're decked up in armor like Tie Fighters or something. It's unbelievable. Yes. But then he like does this hard turn and just immediately takes one's out, takes one out, and then just to make absolutely sure your man's dead, he guides the missile from the other jet into that plane, manages to do a maneuver <laughs> to get around him. But then that plane does like the wildest stunt. It like drifts the fighter jet in like mid air at one point. Yeah. 
It's just and the camera lingers on it to let you know, oh, like, like, oh, you're yeah, you're yeah. you're in trouble now, like <laughs> you're out of your depth here, like just because you spent the whole movie seeing planes do things you didn't think was possible, and then they add another thing, you're like, how the fuck is this even? Like the laws of physics do not apply to this. It's just breathtaking from start to finish. Like it's. No, I, 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 to be honest, and it's been a while now, and and this is where so I guess we'll, we're going to kind of jump off Top Gun now because I want to discuss two other films really quickly. Yeah, yeah, super absolutely. quickly. But I want to use this exact moment as a springboard. So it was so long since I felt this sense of adrenaline and achievement and just like fun, like wondrousness in a movie, and I was like, wow. I mean, is it is it the film of the year? Is it? What do you think? What do you think? So far, absolutely, certainly, for me, of so, what I've seen. For me, I think it's probably the second best film of the year. Oh, I know the one you're going to pick. What am I going to pick then, Rob? Everything, anywhere, all over the place. It's in the place. It's all. It's also here. It's also there. It's everything, everywhere, all at once. Do you wait patiently every week for Netflix to drop its latest true crime offering? Do your suggested videos on YouTube? look like a top 10 countdown of the most unbelievable crime cases. Well, you are among friends. What's Up Doc, the true crime documentary podcast is a bi-weekly show hosted by me, Gemma Delaney. Don't forget to subscribe to hear all about the best and latest true crime documentaries out there. And you can find us at What's Up Doc podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. What's Up Doc? The True Crime Documentary Podcast. Season four is out now. Let me tell you what's up. I won't, and I, look, I mean, maybe people expected me to do a deep dive on this as well. Uh, Specifically, I, I don't want to do a deep dive or any kind of a dive on this film. I feel like Top Gun... Is, is works with that kind of discussion because you know what you could know every single plot detail of that film watch it and still be like that's the most yeah. phenomenal thing I've ever seen because it's not about the plot it's about the experience you're so it's, right oh my god it's yeah. a roller coaster it's a genuine old fashioned roller coaster and you're actually on the roller coaster so that's what it's about but everything everywhere all at once is a film everybody should go into blind so I'm not going to really say anything about it at all I'm just going to say that it is it, it, for me it's easy to film of the year it is one of the most imaginative, funny, sad, emotional, heart-wrenching. It just it's it's a it's a it's like somebody got a gun and just blows you away. Like it it's it is just something Jesus. that left me. Yeah, it is. It left me speechless towards the end. Like I really didn't expect it to be anything as good as it was and it's just and everybody I've told to go see it seems to love it so far so Rob and I think you in particular Rob I think you will love it I think you will love it and oh, anybody just... if they hasn't have hasn't gone to see it go see it it's been a phenomenal year well this part of the year anyway for actual good releases coming out which is mm. after the last years is phenomenal the new Beavis and Butthead film is supposed to be great it's like yeah. super reviews, which is mad. I <laughs> know you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have called it with that one out of all of them. Of all films, I would not have been like Beavs and Butthead is going to be uh, considered almost like one of the films of the year. Like, mm. oh no, I've I've heard about like everything ever, and like I'm a big like Michelle Yeoh is an absolute icon, oh. and I heard she, I I'm, I've I understand she's quite exceptional as per usage in that movie. Correct me it's, if I'm wrong. It's it's not like I mean I, I it's not like any film I've ever seen before. There is nothing to compare it to. 
it's uh, got a bit of Scott Pilgrim in there. It's like, it's just, it's got a bit of The Matrix, I guess. It's got a bit of Doctor Strange. It's got a bit of, uh, it's just everything. It's just, it's phenomenal. Go see it's, it. Yeah. Don't look at any trailers. Just go see it. Well, I, I have, a, I've seen the original trailer when it was first sort of teased or whatever. So I know it's a multiverse movie. And I know, I, and my understanding is it's it's the good multiverse movie of the year. Is what, yeah. <laughs> it's what I've yeah. taken from this. A hundred percent. And then also really quickly, uh, again, not to linger on it because it doesn't deserve the lingering, but Jurassic World's Dominion uh, is obviously, or Jurassic whatever, yeah, it's all, look, it's obviously a terrible film, but at the same time, <laughs> it's great. It's really great. It's really funny, unintentionally maybe. It's just like, it's so silly. And it, thankfully for the first time in those Jurassic World history knows that it's really silly. And the original cast are in it. So it's, it's honestly, God, I'd, I'd, rec- it's, I'd recommend it. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, my roommate, who wouldn't be too fussy in the sense that he'd kind of be like, ah, sure, like, it was a bit of crack. He even said it was, he thought it was pretty poor. So <laughs> my hopes were, were yet again dashed for um, those drugs. God, the, the potential to you for that property, and they still muck them up so oh. often, astonishes me. But I think at this stage, they're so, like, they're so silly at this point that there's no, like, I didn't take, if you walk into the film trying to treat it as a serious movie or like the original, sure, of course you're going to be disappointed. If you go in after watching two of the greatest films you've ever seen in Top Gun Maverick and everything ever all at once, you're just like, I don't care if this is good or not. And with that frame of mind, you can really enjoy it. Perfect. That actually really paints a very specific picture of what I should, what what I should expect to get out of it going in. Oh yeah, Ma- manage those expectations, and then of course next week we have Tor: Love and Thunder, which is getting decent reviews for the I, most I, part. I haven't even seen. I haven't seen. I haven't read. Kinda... I haven't read anything. I've just been doing the. I've been keeping an eye on the sort of broader pulse checks of what people are saying. People are saying it's it's very much continues in the vein of bonkersness that is Ragnarok and kind of adds to that and. It's got it's 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 just supposed to be good fun. Like it's supposed to be, it's a funny movie and it's good fun, and they kind of really buy into that. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it because just they've transformed Thor in such a good way that now I I really look forward to seeing his stuff. And they got Natalie Portman back, so that's a good thing. That's yeah. I mean, it's, I it's silly, a, a silly superhero film. That's all they want now because after the self seriousness of Doctor Strange, I'm like I'm kind of burnt out on on serious stupid films but marvel films at this point i'm just like just give me some steadiness just just please stop taking yourself maybe so seriously do you feel like you're a bit lost in it all now the mcu stuff i oh a hundred percent i mean i haven't seen any of the tv series so i'm already given up on that i've given up on that point and now the films are so just deep in it and steeped in it all i'm like ugh. because the, the, the tv shows came out at such a rate i realized i had even forgotten some existed somebody reminded me they're like, oh, like there's that Loki show was good. And I was like, fucking hell. I watched that and I've completely forgotten. <laughs> it existed, let alone remember the key plot points. Which I really, I, I'm struggling to remember what happened in it. Because you're supposed, because they rely, like, they are now vital to, like, key. The reason something might happen is because that tease of a movie might be because something happened in a TV show. I, I just, I can't keep up with it. There's too many things. Too many things. Too many, th- and then Obi Wan is there, and all. There's just so many, and now Andor is out soon enough. Uh, here, this Marvel's out. There's a, a, another Star Wars series about to come. Out. It's just too much. It's too. Isn't it's that too your? Much. Isn't the Spider Man man? Isn't he doing the Star Wars? He's doing a Star Wars series. Is he doing a Star Wars? The guy behind the Star Wars. The guy. 
I never said Spider Star. Um, the guy behind the Tom Holland Spider Man movies has apparently been handed the keys to a new Star Wars to Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, I mean, sure. Why, he directed one one good Spider Man film, so why not? I guess. <laughs> what a zinger! I love it. I, how much is he in control of there? Particularly by the last one. But in particular, do you mean the last one that relied on six hundred movies? I'm pretty sure he had nothing to do with the success of that film. Like <laughs> Jesus. Well, we'll see how long it lasts because they're they're notorious for handing directors properties and then deciding actually no you're making this a way that we don't it's like it's weird you didn't wait you don't realize that we want to do it specifically this way and therefore and then those directors are like but you hired me so i want to put my own spin on it oh no 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 we made that mistake once we're not doing that again yeah wait 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 a second you 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 wanted us oscar winning into the spider-verse directors to, to do your han solo film it turns out we don't want that though so could you guys yeah, well, go the, now the, the lead actor isn't able to improvise so that's not working yeah. Um, and we, Could we, you guys you're just make, leave? You're making it too funny. It's it's too funny for Star Wars. You can't you can't you can't be that funny. It has to be like God. What a missed trick that was. So you, you you got this picture in the cockpit with us all with the actors and everything. You guys, if you if you could just close the door to Millennium Falcon on your way out there, that'd be. That'd be yeah. real good. Just say hi to Ron Howard on the way out if you want to. Just just ask him to come in there. Would you? Yeah, we'd be fine. We'd be fine. And then Ron Howard comes in with loads of strings in his hands and his feet as he's, as he's been puppeted around by Disney execs. I'm going to be directing this movie. Don't you worry about that. It's me, Ron Howard. This is how I sound. So his name is Solo because he's on his own. Get all your... Well, you're hired. How'd you like that for... Uh, you're kidding me. There's a... <laughs> talk about... Oh, boy. Well, that at least... Classic. Yeah, but there you go. That's that. But yeah, oh, I saw Lightyear. Oh, yes, you did indeed. I think that movie, that movie is confused in terms of who it's for. I don't think it knows. <laughs> I don't think, I, without spoiling it, I will just tell you that it starts off with like a title card saying, in 1995, Andy bought a toy. Um, the toy was based on his favorite movie. This is that movie. So it's like an in-universe okay. film about an action hero called Buzz Lightyear that the toy is inspired by. Or based on but then the movie itself doesn't feel like it's a movie for kids maybe it feels like it's a bit kind of too c- complex at times because essentially it is a film for people who were kids when toy stories out and are now yeah adults. but they yeah. kind of s- advertise it as oh there's funny moments and it's an animated pixar movie so you'll like this and then i could not see kids really kind of sinking their teeth into that as much like on the whole um, also, it's being um, blacklisted in cinemas because uh, two female characters kiss. Well, God, go oh, no! Well, not on my, not on my so, theater. If that bothers you, uh, yeah, maybe you shouldn't go and see it then, because that'll ruin the entire movie for you inexplicably. There you go. But yeah, I saw it. I thought it was fine. I, I like, I like, I like. Obviously, we're big fans of Chris Evans in this oh, yeah. podcast. Um, he is our namesake, essentially. But. Um, the, the movie was just kind of a bit... It's just supposed to be a twist. It's kind of a bit like, ah, that kind of fell flat. And um, it kind of just goes through the motions. It it's it looks spectacular. But it's not really a kid's movie, but then it's not really an adult's movie either. So it's, it's a little bit muddled in terms of who it's catering for, I felt. But I still had a... F- I, I had a fun time, though. Yeah, and Taika Waititi is in it, isn't he? Isn't he one of he the characters? He is. And he's, he's funny in it. He kind of gets a kind of a... a, a sort of a recurring joke throughout that has actually a, a bit of a funny payoff I must say um, yeah he's kind of like a ragtag bunch 
that work with Lightyear to help him do his mission. And it's fairly, like, there's nothing too over the top with it. But, you know, it, it, it's very polished in its production. Would, would you recommend going to see? Because, I mean... if I, I kind of get caught up in the nostalgia of it. Um, and the voice acting is very good. But I, I know you come out kind of going, ah, that was fine. So if you feel like that's worthy of a cinema trip, then that's up to you. I mean, I went, I went to Jurassic World Dominion or whatever it's called. So I guess I'll, I'll sit through anything. Yeah, that's also, true. If I, I need somebody with technical wizardry, and when Jurassic World Dominion comes out on DVD, I'm gonna put up on Twitter and ask somebody to do this. There's a scene at the end of the film, and if anybody's seen it, they know what it is. I want them to put the music to the Lion King underneath it, and I'll explain <laughs> that joke another time to Rob. So. What I've seen it. Okay, I need to watch yeah. that actually. Also, Rob, I, I, you're you're a bit of a golf fan, aren't you? Yes. Did you see who was watching the golf in Ireland this week? He's all over the television. Uh, Bill Murray is in town. Oh, yeah, the scamp. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's an absolute scoundrel. He's an absolute rascal, scallywag. He bloody that's is. Better. He bloody is a scamp. He's a bloody scamp rascal. Uh, he's yeah. He's in. Uh, they're down in um, Adair in that gorgeous. Actually, what's funny in Adair is this gorgeous town in Ireland, just a few about half an hour from Limerick. If that gives you some geography for those of you who might know where I'm talking. <laughs> about. The I used to after work when I was living in Limerick, I would golf. In Adair Town Golf Club, which is not ah. Adair Manor Lodge and Spa five star resort, but they're 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 next door to each other. The two golf courses, and it's amazing. You think when you're playing the the, the old the older one, you're like, this is what a lovely course this is. I'm having a nice time. It's a sunny day, and there's a point where two of the the holes run parallel to each other. The difference in the shade of grass is astonishing. Oh it's really? Like, oh, it's just like the pristine. A green carpet that's un- that sort of is unfolding in front of you when you look over the hedge into so, what so, the, so, the pros are playing on. So that's where so Bill what? Murray is playing. It's a it's a, it's a pro am. So it's like pros and amateurs playing together, and it's one of those. So the guy who owns the the resort is like he's got a lot of wealthy friends, and Bill Murray's a big golf fan, so he's probably invited him in to do like a bit of a showcase for the course, that kind of thing. That's my understanding of what's happening. So, so so what you're telling me though realistically is that the grass is actually greener on the other side yes it is quite literally it was boop, 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 boop. well done you it, know it what? was you know what with that with that zinger i'm just gonna say that all that is left to say is that i have been ross and oh that's me and i've been rob and this has been i understood that reference Thanks so much for listening. And to transpose the grass is always greener on the other side a little bit further, I can guarantee you that with every episode, the grass will always be greener if you listen to the next one. Just in case, if you need that encouragement, just keep listening. It'll always be... It'll always be greener. And if you're listening to this one because of the last one, look how green it is over here. <laughs> that was actually pretty clever. I was like, what? What is he What is he doing here? But you know what? I, it doesn't I like make it. sense, but it kind of does. It doesn't, but it does. As much as we ever do. Okay, bye folks. Thanks for listening. It's Have green. a good one. Bye.